I'm here at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today are two special guests um, uh, for a game that's in the IGF. Um, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kevin Geisler, and I was a graphics and audio programmer. My name's Tony Perkins. I was a level design lead. And what game did you guys work on? Devil's Tuning Fork. And what's that game about? Uh, Devil's Tuning Fork is basically a game about echolocation and seeing the world through echolocation. A uh, brief summary story is that you're a child, you fall into a coma, and you wake up in this dream world where other children who have fallen into comas are trapped. You have to progress through the world and release each of these children while solving puzzles along the way. And, you know, how did this idea come about? Um, what inspired it? And, yeah, how'd you, how'd you submit to IGM? Well, our uh, concept started, we, um, when our team was first formed, we had a one-month-long period that was called Concept Boot Camp, where we didn't know what game we wanted to make at all at the start. We would just met each other, we were in this team, and we started throwing and pitching games. Everybody pitched games, programmers, artists, designers, doesn't matter who, even producer pitches games. It doesn't matter at this point. And um, we bounced ideas back and forth, and we had multi-tiered ways where, like, first it would just be a pitch, like, off your head, what you wanted. If everybody liked it, you go to, like, a one-page, then we did, like, from there, we actually did a physical prototype of two of the best ideas that we came up with. So, so there were just a whole bunch of different ideas, and then at the end of the month, it was just two like prototypes of two of the best ideas. Yes. Yes. And um, I guess, what did you take from that whole experience of spending a whole month coming up with ideas? I mean, and prototyping and stuff like that. Was that we got to work with everybody on the team, and so we would take these ideas and we would take other people's ideas and repitch them in different ways to really get to know who was on our team, how they worked, and to also get the best possible ideas out of it. And do you feel that it was still waiting too long until the end to, to prototype the ideas? Um, I mean, have you thought of? Did you try to prototype while you were kind of developing, even in the first week, or coming up with the ideas? for an additional week past what we were planning on doing. We maybe could have canceled that earlier, but both of the prototypes weren't really at a stage where we wanted to push through. So I think it was helpful just to have that extra week to be sure of our decision moving forward. So you do these two prototypes. What's what's the next stage? What happens? Um, do you just test out the prototypes? Or what? Well, um, basically we get our prototypes up and then we look at them and we decide what we like about them. And um, we had to pick one of so, and it seemed like a lot of the team uh, tended towards the uh, echolocation game, so we went ahead with that. So the next idea that we needed to do was, like, what ways do we want to flesh this out? And this was a very extremely dirty process. It was, um, we had ideas all over the place. Like, we had our first concepts of a story idea, which was wildly different than what we ended up with, but it was a start. So we, like, started pitching ideas of, like, what did we want sound to do? How did we want to manipulate sound? What are cool ways we could use sound? So, like, really got into another design session where instead of having a bunch of games to work on, we just have our one game, and we kind of had a path worth starting now, but we don't know. There's so many branches ways that we could go, we wanted to know which one we had to pick, so the next couple of weeks was like just really picking the path we wanted to start down. And while you were exploring those paths, were you prototyping that, or was it more conceptual? Uh, yeah, the technology was being worked on at the same time, testing out different shaders, seeing which actual visual designs worked in the engine and which didn't. Uh, for instance, we were originally going to go with a uh, Wolverton uh, art style, but I ended up choosing Escher because the actual architecture that showed up in the game was a lot more clearly defined. And, um, 
you know, you had 15 people on the team. How are you balancing just getting everyone feeling involved while you're doing all this? Well, okay. Um, at first, it was uh, really difficult because we had a very democratic setup because we were all students. We're not getting paid. Yeah. It's everybody. We want to, and we actually we wanted everybody's input. But the problem was, um, we realized this. It wasn't until about halfway through that we were having. We had a lot of difficult times coming to the conclusions because we had to get 15 people to agree on one thing. So um, we eventually, halfway through the process, appointed uh, Jay Pesho um, as a project lead. Say on everything. So, like anything that came in, he would be Jay would have the last word, no matter how much disagreement there, which was a big responsibility on him. But um, it allowed. We still kept our kind of de democratic. Like we had meetings where everybody in the team would have input, but we had a way to resolve these in the end instead of just breaking after a four-hour meeting about the name of the game and not being able to come up with anything. So, how did that work out? And did you have other, you know? Um distinct roles, like, you know, someone who decides on the programming, someone who decides on the artwork and stuff like that. Yeah, we definitely had um, uh, very distinct breakups in the team. We had six people on programming, six people on art, two designers, and one producer. So everybody had their roles, but um, a lot of times in these creative meetings, we didn't, like, a lot of people would just think it was just the designers coming up with the ideas, but uh, really the designer's job was really to take all these ideas, kind of organize them, and make them into workable mechanics for the game, rather than pretty much like a leader of each section of the game and then everyone else just provides feedback for that leader to decide what's going on. Theoretically that would be the best idea. It didn't always work out that way for our team um, but we've learned along the way that we did have appointed leads but like we had a couple too many leads like we had a, aside from just each discipline we happened to have like a story lead and a visual direction lead yeah. which it was important to have people that were in charge of these but naming them leads mean they were also in on the lead meetings which lead meetings eventually got to the point where they were more than half team and it was having the same problem as team meetings so but um in the end it was really came down to the team lead saying he was able to make decisions for all of us and you're developing this during the summer then what happened when school started up again how did that change everything and how did you keep the momentum going well it's interesting because a lot of us were kind of worried because when we got to september and school starting we weren't necessarily happy with uh, where the game had gotten to that that point yet miraculously through the fall quarter everybody was extremely motivated and working really hard and we were able to really accomplish a lot of the goals we had set out so I think in a way we may have worked even harder during the fall quarter than we actually did during the summer yeah and why do you think that is is that because then you had the support of like this was part of a class then at that point or because you had a designer in residence or what It was definitely helpful having uh, Alex Seropian at the start of the project. Uh, Who is the designer in residence at uh, DePaul? Uh, correct. Uh, it was definitely helpful having him at the start of the project and throughout the project just uh, keeping us on track and giving us advice on how to continue the project. Uh, yeah, I think um, a lot of the point, um, during the summer we had a lot of hours work on the game, but we didn't really have a direction. Like, we had a lot of brainstorming, so like we'd hit and then people would start branching out on what they're working on and we weren't really focused. But towards the end, in the last about two months of development, we had we knew the game we were making, we knew the player abilities, we knew what they wanted to do, and we were just, especially in the last month, we made so, so much content for the game, we just had this clear direction, everybody was just heads down and work, and like we turn out content and be like, this is what we made, so. Do you think the IGF deadline inspired you guys? Almost definitely. They gave us, it gave us a very definite point that we needed to be done. I believe if uh, we didn't have that clear deadline, like, that we needed to hit, that we would have kind of worked a little less hard and kind of like 
messed around a bit, but like, um, like the couple days before it was due, we had like all night session where Paul was open all night, and we just re I literally worked from 9 a.m. Friday morning until like 10 or 11 a.m. on Saturday, just sitting there straight. And they even had the option to continue working on the game to fix bugs for a resubmission. Yeah. It wasn't guaranteed that the judges would actually see it, but I think this really also pushed us to continue working on the game uh, nonstop, really, for the next two weeks, just trying to polish it as much as we could and get the most out of that extra time that they gave us. And can you talk about the playtesting you were doing while you are developing this game? Um, who did you test it on, and did you notice any differences, either in the response by different genders or age groups and stuff like that? Oh yeah. Um, okay, so our playtesting was interesting because we wanted to um, we wanted to enter the IGF with a game that was challenging to the player, but was also accessible to a large audience. So um, a lot of our playtesting came from within DePaul and within uh, specifically the CDM building. But um, we pulled students and people that were experienced with games. But then we also pulled like faculty and desk workers and staff and people that just had maybe a couple extra hours, like an hour or two for break or something, and like we just sat them down and let them play the game. And it was really interesting. The uh, feedback we got from that. It was a very mixed group. We had things from as far as it's hard to move the control. It's hard to hit keys on the keyboard and move the mouse at the same time to people saying that it's like, it's too easy. It's like, I've been playing Counter-Strike for six years and I can run through your game like nothing. So it was hard to try and like make it challenging enough for the um, first person player, like the very experienced gamer and also accessible for the new player. And I think um, something that helped that was like really pushing our visual direction and this a new style of play where everybody like new players are um, new players for that don't play games are kind of coming in and they're like okay I'm figuring this out this is making sense it's intuitive but also the FPS players like whoa this is different than my shooting game I need to slow down and learn this rather than just yeah. blowing through it and were there any surprises as you were doing the play testing other than those things um, surprises when you're going through undesign because you yeah. get so close to something and then somebody else plays it and forces you to take that step back and look at it like I mean a lot of things like um, and myself being a uh, first person player like I'd make some puzzles or something and I would think was I mean not too difficult but then somebody else is playing this is this is impossible I'm like what you just have to step sideways about five degrees and shoot it at this angle I'm like oh wait I guess that is a little hard so I mean it's really just uh, helpful to always play testing is helpful because you can get it forces you to take that step back and like get out of your own little corner and how frequently did you do the play testing uh, we really did it uh, we did it on a regular basis at least once a week but we did it off and on uh, throughout different ways sometimes we would email different people or set up specific sessions for specific test levels or just for other certain deadlines for milestones and so you submit this game, um, and then you know you had that two-week crunch session afterwards. Um, what did you do after that? Were you just focusing on other games? Um, what were you talking about? Well, after our two-week, uh, you were talking about after the IGF submission. Yeah, right? yeah. After the IGF submission, you had that two-week crunch time. Uh, the first thing we did was party. Um, that was the very first thing we celebrated because we were like we've been working on this for six months and it was finally in. And like um, right after the IGF submission, uh, as Kevin said, we did have a little time to polish and possibly have the judges relook at it. I think all judges actually got to look at our newer version because um, they had looked at the main competition stuff and then student. But um, yeah, but after that, there was just like holidays came up right after that, and we just kind of broke apart. And like there was four or five weeks where just nothing.
thing was done in the game because everybody was enjoying their holiday. But um, we came back after that and we were like, well, we still want to do something with this. We want to work. But we had kind of a problem where we were like, we didn't know which direction. So it was kind of a slow start up. But then we're actually still working on it now. We meet on Fridays and uh, work on the game. So it was kind of like a stop, a lull, and then kind of a slow start up on the crank and started working again. Uh, there was actually a lot of preparation uh, at the beginning of uh, 2010, working with continuing the project. Like, for the technology, we had to refactor a lot of the code because uh, hacking it all together just for the final submission was something that really needed to be cleaned up for continued production. Uh, on top of that, we were looking at forming like our own company off of this, so getting all of the uh, preparation for that was also something we had to consider and work on. Yeah, um, when did you guys find out that you guys were nominated and, and how did that change everything? And you talk about forming of a company, so what's what's next in store? Um, I remember we had found out sometime in January, I believe. I just remember coming home one night and uh, we had our own Skype chat set up for talking about the game. I opened up a Skype chat and there's just hundreds of new messages and people just go, oh my god, we were excited. I was like, what's going on here? It's like, I remember the surprise of just opening up the Skype chat and just being flooded with the celebration. I'm like, it was, it was really unreal. It was great. And you talk about forming a corporation, so are you guys going to try to make a studio out of this? What's, what's the plan? Well, our goal right now is to actually complete a version of the game for June or July, which is when most of us will be graduating. Uh, at the very least, we want to self-publish it through Steam for PC and Mac, but we're definitely looking uh, through other publishers to see how far we can actually take this game. Yeah, it's um, definitely up in the air what we're doing. I mean, we want to keep working on it and make a final product, whether that does lead to an actual publication or not. We um, have talked to, um, well, talked about a lot of different possibilities, and Steam being one of them, but we've, got, we've also looked at maybe trying to get the chance of going to XBLA or PSN and stuff. So, um, I mean, it's all up in the air. There's nothing anywhere certain, but we're definitely going to be working on the game until June, no matter what happens. And, you know, based on this experience, do you guys want to start your own studio, or are you looking to join another studio, or what? Um, well, this is different for everybody on the team, but um, personally, I would like to work more at uh, other game studios and ramp up my experience before jumping in trying to make my own company. I think making my own studio at some point would be interesting if I ever had the chance, but uh, it would definitely be something I would need strong connections with everybody in the field. I think working other jobs and making other networking would definitely help with that. I don't think I could jump straight out of college and do it. Yeah, I'm probably about the same feelings as Tony. I do really enjoy this project and really haven't uh, stopped enjoying working on this particular game, so continuing it to at least July, if not further, wouldn't be so bad after all, but I am looking at uh, different job possibilities as well. And I guess, what are the biggest learning lessons you've had throughout this whole experience? Um, things that you're going to take with you as you work at other studios and work on future games? Especially when we uh, pushed it out on our website to download, yeah. we had gotten um, a lot of feedback, and I had my email tied directly to the feedback that was coming in. Yeah. And I mean, there's just the amount of feedback that's coming in, and you have to really look for trends and different things that people understand. Then you have to be able to, you got to be able to look at it and find out uh, what's just personal taste and what maybe people just don't enjoy personally about the game, rather than it's actually a gameplay mechanic problem or something. So it's um. I've got a lot of experience on like design handling feedback and also that includes within the team and outside the team and being able to like just work with it. 
I think I really learned a lot about uh, working with uh, a decently sized team and actually learning how they work, learning how they operate, uh, learning how to really collaborate with all the different people on the team and how to make sure that my work uh, is able to work uh, well to improve the work of others on the team. Yeah, um, I guess you know that is different than most classes. So, how did you? I guess what are the takeaways that you had from working in a team and you know working with other personalities and stuff like that? Well, since we had a clear goal uh, of what we wanted to do with this project, which was to uh, enter to the Independent Games Festival, uh, it was really important to work towards and complete that goal. So, nobody on the team wanted to be the person that was really holding anyone back, and it really motivated them to work with other people and really improve everybody's work on the team. Great. And where can people find out more information about the game, or is there a website for it? Oh uh, yeah, our, any information is available at uh, devilstuningfork.com, and um, you can download the game there. There's um, actually a, a bunch of information about uh, people that have write, wrote articles or reviews about the game if you want to read uh, other people's opinions about what they experienced. And um, yeah, I would go there for any information that you want. Thank you very much.